0: morning, everyone. In our gospel, Jesus makes four pronouncements. A time of fulfillment. Then he tells you what that means. The kingdom of God is upon you. In other words, I am here. Then he says, repent and believe in the gospel. This is a message that Uh, John the Baptizer was saying, also. And then he says, follow me. And so my friends, Jesus of Nazareth, in his public mission, uh, gave us these pronouncements, but uh, uh, the one uh, uh, that he uh, will preach very, very often will be to repent and to believe. And um, that means to be converted also. And my friends, uh, uh, John the Baptizer spoke that to the sinners. Who Jesus is speaking, uh, but uh, who is he speaking to? John the Baptizer was calling particularly the sinners, and so is Jesus. But would you agree that when Jesus said this, that he was talking to everybody? You agree? So if he's talking to everybody... Uh, Not only is it the sinners he's talking to, he's talking also to those who consider themselves to be good. The message is for them also. So my friends, um, Jesus had more trouble with the self-righteous and those who understood themselves as good than he did with sinners. The hardest people of all to convert are those who see themselves as good because they have no need of conversion But the truth of the matter is, is we all do. It's hard enough to get those who are ill to go to a doctor, but try to get those who have convinced themselves that they are well to go to a doctor. It is just about impossible. Sinners who openly admitted they were sinners did not cause Jesus the same type of trouble. (laughs) But so, my friends, to respond rightly to the call to repentance, one must feel... And I couldn't find the exact phrasing for it, but a, a type of perhaps a dissatisfaction within themselves, um, a perhaps even a longing for something different. And uh, there has to be this sense that something is just not right, um, or at least that there is something missing. Uh, when we have this, we're more inclined to listen, we're more inclined to come to that place of repentance and conversion. Conversion begins with the realization that we are not what we could or should be. This realization is the first part of Christian discipleship, of that journey. To sincerely embrace the call to repentance requires openness, a type of honesty that's hard. Absolutely, it needs to have humility. We must be humbled. But it also requires courage. Courage to put an end to self-deception and to confront something that is going to be uncomfortable. The courage to omit one's shortcomings, guilt, and ask for forgiveness. The resolve then to work towards a transformation takes courage. People can become so set in their ways and so trapped in their behaviors that it is almost impossible to make them move. Some people uh, can see a better life, a better future, but they still will not move toward it. And uh, they realize that that future cannot be achieved easily. They realize the road forward will be long and the process will be slow and uncomfortable. And so, my friends, uh, perhaps that is why some people choose to stay just as they are. But Jesus, when he, we encounter Him, He doesn't want us to stay where we are. He never leaves us there, He always wants us to move. Repentance is so often presented to us as harsh and negative and um, something humiliatingly sad. As if it merely consisted of feeling oppressively guilty about one's sins. And my friends, I've been sharing with people my mom and dad did not bring me up with Catholic guilt. I didn't know what it was until someone told me what it was. I had no idea what it was. I would hear it. I got Catholic guilt, and I'm like, I don't know what what is that. My parents presented conversion and repentance in a positive light to us. And in this, repentance then became a positive thing for me. And uh, to repent, yes, is to admit something is not right or well within myself, but it is also to discover something extraordinary about oneself, and namely, potential. I've spoken about this. God sees potential in each one of you. Every good parent does this. They see in their children the potential for greatness and more. Every parent does. So why would this not be true of God, our good Father? Now, my friends, uh, for us, conversion will mean uh, acquiring a new vision, taking on a new direction, different goals, living by different values, nothing short of a way to a new and more life-giving way of being. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life to the full. He did not say, I've come so that you have less. And for me, just simply existing was not good enough. My parents didn't like it. I didn't. I wanted more. Don't you? I can't imagine anyone here would raise their hand and say, no, I, I, I I like just existing. (laughs) Something wrong with you. (laughs) You need to get you some Jesus. (laughs) Because he has life to the full. And my friends, that type of understanding about repentance and conversion, looking at the potential and transformation, leads to joy. To repent means to be converted, and conversion is the starting point of Christian discipleship. And my friends, here's the really difficult thing. Conversion is not only a turning away from what the church says is manifestly evil. Conversion is also turning and embracing goodness and holiness and love and care. My friends, last night when I gave the homily, after people often times say hello and things, but someone said, Father, can you give me something tangible about that piece? And so um, they said, how am I to understand what you're saying? So the first thing that came to mind was when people come to confession. Sometimes they come to confession and they start with, I haven't broken the fifth commandment. I haven't murdered anybody. <laughs> now, you guys can't see me because I'm behind the screen and I'm just like, And, of course, the priest who has a good heart will say, well, I'm happy to hear that you haven't murdered anybody. (laughs) But this room is about the sins you have committed, not the ones you didn't. And there's the mentality I'm trying to get at. It is not just a sensation of not doing evil. It is about doing good. The city of Nineveh, um, the people there, uh, the city of Nineveh, if, if we could hybrid Las Vegas and New York, you would have Nineveh. Wicked things were going on there. So when Jonah the Prophet came, he preached to them, and they converted. Not only did, was there a sensation of evil, but they began to do. They did something. And so my friend's um, conversion is not only turning away from evil, but it's the embracement of holiness. What would that look like today for you? To be a disciple of Christ is' not simply to leave the world behind but to stay in the world and to do good in it. And Jesus' disciples will use the things of the world differently than others do for the sake of the kingdom. So my friends, before we can change the world around us, you must change the world that is within you. And that is what conversion, that is what repentance and conversion is about. Amen my friends so i would say are you ready then uh because you're repenting and in conversion are you ready to abandon militia gossiping because that is one of the ones i hear in the confessional all the time i'm just like Ugh, i'm so tired of hearing about this this is easy stop gossiping just stop it stop it stop it stop it that's what i want to say but instead i'm giving this sign across. lord give me the words that i'm supposed to say <laughs> It means putting behind deceptions. It means not being greedy. It means not being self-righteous, which Jesus had a real problem with. Get rid of the unhealthy anger, resentments. All those things are what the unbelievers are supposed to be doing and have. And these are difficult things to let go of. But when we do, the world changes. So to follow Jesus, to have repentance and conversion uh, means to accept the Lord's way. That was one of the things he said, follow me. He didn't mean just get behind me and watch as I move from this corner to the next. He meant take on my ways, understand what it is that I'm doing, make it primary in your life. And so my friends, today in 2024, that means that you will stand up for the sacredness of life all of life, especially in its beginning and in its natural end. No, you do not get to say it doesn't matter to me or it's none of my business. You do not get to sit on the fence about this. Revelation 3.16, Jesus says, because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out. That is not a nice thing. I don't want Jesus to ever say that to me. He can say you you were an idiot at times. (laughs) I don't want him to say, because you were lukewarm, I want nothing to do with you. It means building bridges among people who have divisions and factions, not playing into it. It means speaking about the truth about government systems and powers that demean human life, that will dupe you, My friends, of late, human trafficking is an evil, wicked nightmare. We do not get to sit on the fence about this. Those who traffic human beings are enslaving people. Children, young adults, they are putting them into situations that steal hope and their dignity from them. They are putting them in businesses that are evil and wretched, prostitution, drug trafficking, you don't get to turn your head the other way. You are to do something. You are to stand up and do something and speak. My friends, the other piece of this means guarding the dignity and the sacredness of human sexuality in a world that exploits it. It is a billion-dollar business, and you know what I'm talking about. And it has... Cause an addiction in eight year olds and 80 year olds. We don't get to say nothing about it. Stand up and say something about it. Get involved. It means guarding the holiness of the sacrament of matrimony in a world that dismisses fidelity and commitment. You live in that world, so do I. I know what they tell. Are you bored? Just find another partner don't tell your wife oh don't tell your husband oh better yet invite the person in there could be three of you you know what i'm talking about as christians we reject this well i don't want to make anybody upset what you don't want to make anybody upset (laughs) are you crazy Make them upset. Make them think. It means guarding the importance of the spiritual life in our world. When this world says, what matters is just the material things. Because that's all there is. Christians reject that ideology. Stand up and do something, say something. It is not just about not doing evil. It's about also doing something. That's what Christ calls us to. And He does this through baptism. Jesus has given each who is baptized a mission, a personal mission, just as He did those original men and women. So He does for you today. It requires that you will have to leave some things behind. It is a sacrifice. Friends, Christian discipleship is a continuous process of conversion. The new life cannot be achieved quickly or without some discomfort. Otherwise, everyone would be doing it. And as you can see, I have empty spaces in the pew, so not everyone's willing to do it. Why? Because it's hard, and it takes time, and it's uncomfortable. But with the Lord's grace and our sincere willingness and participation, one thing becomes clear to me as a priest. When I see people, Christians who are struggling with this and doing it, I see hope. I see that they have heard Jesus, they have listened to his proclamation, they have accepted the gospel, and they are embracing it. My friends, last night, um, another person said, Father, Jesus said, you said he said these things, uh, but he said, this is a time of fulfillment. What does he mean? And that's when I said, well, he gave you the answer right after. But I thought that sounds really arrogant and flippant. So I said, uh, classically, understanding Catholic teaching. There are four eras. The first era was a time of creation, when God made everything. And he's always doing that, but that was the beginning and then within that time, there was the fall. The story of Adam and Eve, they're symbolic of humanity and our fall. And that ushered in the era of promise. When all the prophets would come and say, God is going to change things. He's going to do this as a Messiah. This is, that was the time of promise. And then is the time that Jesus said in our gospel today, now is the time of fulfillment I am that fulfillment. The promises of my Father are being fulfilled now. That's why he said, The kingdom of God is upon you. And then there's a fourth one the era of glory. We are not in it, we are still in the time of fulfillment. The era of glory is when God sends his son back. In glory, and his son will deliver to his father all the nations. He will put all the foes beneath him. In that time of glory, there will be no more, no more war, there will be no more human disease. Hatred will be no more. There will be no more racism and discrimination. There will be no more homeless. And those who suffer every day. And finally, no more human death. You and I will die. But because of his sacrifice, we will have life again. But in that time of glory, that will be no more. Humans will never mourn again. So I look forward to that time of glory. But until then, we are in the time of fulfillment And we have something to do. Samuel, baptism, that will be the time of fulfillment for you. Be praying about this. You know I'm talking to you. I'm not even, oh, look at you sitting next to a good, good Catholic family. Three sixteen, Revelations because you are neither hot or warm or lukewarm make your decisions so you don't hear that from him hmm? but all of us if we are working together as we should be and doing this we will help to usher in the age of glory don't you want that? Don't you want it? If you are afraid of the age of glory, his second coming, then you have a lot of work to do. But he said, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. The only people who need to be afraid of the age of glory are those who love and do that which is wicked. Because as St. Paul said, your time is running And for any of you who doubt that Christ has called you, he called you into existence. That's the first one. And then he continues to do it. And throughout your life, it changes and takes different directions. Listen and follow him.